Those of you who were here last year remember that um, I closed the conference tonight. I begin it. The scripture says, the last shall be first. <laughs> and uh, I count it a real privilege to once again stand behind this pulpit. My voice doesn't sound too good, but uh, I can tell you that we drove over from Denver, and that's um, a little over a thousand miles, stayed in air-conditioned motels and the wind blowing on you all night and uh, I caught some kind of a bug and uh, didn't sleep too well and I uh, my wife says now just be real blah and you'll get through tonight I hope I won't be blah wonderful to be here and see many of you once again that we see every year you know, uh, we have what we often refer to in the great movement as uh, uh, grace believers that are uh, transplanted from one place to another and uh, they are kind of lost because there's no fellowship at all in their area, no place for them to attend services on Sunday. and. Uh, a lot of folks would give anything if they had a grace work in their area. Those of us who have the privilege of sitting under the gospel of grace every Sunday morning and evening and during the week should thank the Lord for that. Uh, I'm sure if we asked for hands here, there'd be a lot of folk who come from areas where they have no fellowship at all except by a couple of individuals perhaps. I've talked to some already since we came on the grounds that said that they had uh, uh, no church where they fellowship, but uh, the fellowship one with another, just a few isolated grace believers. Pray for these folk around the country. The theme, as you see behind me here, our foundation and uh, I suppose that the first thing that comes to mind when you mention the word foundation is the substructure of a building uh, certainly that's what comes to my mind when we talk about a foundation the dictionary definition of the word foundation I looked it up I I make a habit of doing that because um, I don't take anything for granted. I remember when I first began in the ministry, I was, uh, I expected that a lot of folks would know some of these basic foundational truths, and uh, to my amazement, many of them didn't know it. And uh, so I uh, now always define all the terms so that we are sure we know what we're talking about. The dictionary definition of the word foundation is this, the basis upon which something stands or is supported. The basis upon which something stands or is supported. 
Now that covers not only the literal meaning of the word, but also the figurative uh, use of the word. When you came in tonight, I trust all of you got a copy of this little sketch. Now I don't want you to study it in the service tonight, but uh, I hope it'll be helpful for you. I want to say to those who are listening on tape that you can uh, get these uh, for free by writing to Grace Gospel Publishers. As it says on the bottom, this little chart is distributed by Grace Gospel Publishers. And uh, I think it's helpful in showing someone who you want to show dispensational truth God's twofold purpose. And those of you who've been here before will remember that I've plugged Pastor Stan's excellent book, The Twofold Purpose of God. I really believe that uh, that's the number one book to give to someone that you're trying to show the distinctive Pauline revelation. And uh, I uh, we've, we've given out, uh, I suppose, scores and scores of them in our church in Denver. I would urge you, if you haven't read The Twofold Purpose of God, be sure to get it. And uh, this little chart that you have in your hand illustrates God's twofold purpose. When you mention a, a foundation, you think immediately of a building. And if you note on this chart, there are two buildings suggesting God's twofold purpose. Two buildings in the so-called New Testament scriptures, the kingdom building and the body building. And uh, I think that really, uh, when someone can see anything as uh, simplified as this, it can be real helpful. And I would urge you, if you want extra copies, if we have any back there, you're welcome to take as many as you can use profitably. Anyway. Notice the kingdom church, the kingdom building, and it has a lot of dotted lines. That means it's not completed. And uh, the other building uh, is almost completed, has a few dotted lines. Now, the dotted lines indicate that the building is still in the process of being built. And uh, let me say that both of these buildings are resting on the main foundation right here. We're going to hear a lot about that during the week. And the brethren are going to talk about not only our foundation for the body of Christ, but I'm sure they will allude to the kingdom foundation also. But notice that they both rest on the solid rock at the bottom of the page. The Lord Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And the scriptures, those are our own uh, uh, scriptures, that is, we selected them. The idea for this came from somebody that I saw draw that. I, it was been it was so many years ago, I forgot who it was. <coughs> Excuse me. But 
let me say that uh, the idea is sound and I trust that uh, if you can use extra copies you will take them when you leave Peter's building Peter's kingdom building was built upon his confession of Jesus Christ as the Messiah as the King of Israel as we read in Matthew 16 while Paul's building on the other hand Paul says I have laid a foundation and another buildeth thereon Paul's foundation also is built upon the solid rock they're both resting on the sub foundation and uh, that ought to help a lot of folk who say well these grace people they they go off the track completely and they don't recognize the gospel accounts and the kingdom teachings of Christ and so on oh yes we do and uh, we try to put them in their proper place and when we do that then God's word begins to make sense so much for the chart I hope you can use it and if you need more and we run off back there we will be sure to see that you get some in the mail the kingdom building began but was never completed and as Mr. Stam says, it fell in ruins. On the other hand, the body building is being constructed. And uh, when it's complete, and it could be tonight, couldn't it? It could be at any moment. Then, that building, with all of its occupants, will go to glory. To be with the Lord. Now the subject assigned to me in this series for the conference is the secret foundation. I uh, perhaps would even like uh, the uh, title The Hidden Foundation just a little better. But anyway, it's secret and it's hidden. And the scripture is Romans 16.25. I wonder how many have memorized Romans 16.25. I'll tell you, um, here is a key passage of scripture for believers today. Let me read it. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets or prophetic writings according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all the nations the Gentiles for obedience to the faith a lot of times people even in this enlightened age say well I'm not sure whether I'm really saved I point them to this passage we have been teaching Romans in our Sunday morning sessions in Denver 
we've taught it a number of times in the almost 30 years we've been there now. But we've started it just about a year ago, and uh, we've gotten as far as the 8th chapter. We're halfway through. And uh, I said the 8th of Romans is the great assurance chapter. If you are uncertain about your spiritual relationship to God, you can know for sure that you're saved as you appropriate by faith the great truths of Romans 8. We have heard many times expositors say, well, the uh, eighth chapter of Romans begins with no condemnation and it ends with no separation, and that's true. Wonderful. And here in the last couple of verses of the letter to the Romans, Paul tells how to become established, and established suggests a foundation, doesn't it? You couldn't uh, have a building that's established if it wasn't resting on a solid foundation. We have, uh, in recent years, uh, read the news and read how in some countries of the world there have been uh, gigantic earthquakes that have just demolished parts of our earth and the people on it. The la latest one was the one in Russia. The one before that was in Mexico. Some of you may be familiar with these places. You may have been there. And the buildings all had a poor and bad foundation. And when the earthquake came, the buildings toppled down. How important to have a solid foundation. That's true physically temporally, but it's also true spiritually. As I said, the subject assigned to me the secret foundation. And Paul tells us here how we can become established on the foundation for God's message today. Paul's gospel, the foundation building in this age, certainly. I selected three words which I thought would be helpful and will help us to remember the truth that we're going to discuss briefly in this message. The three words are concealed, unique, and thirdly, unmovable. I would like to call attention to these scriptures. First of all, concealed. Now when something is concealed, it's kept secret, isn't it? Ephesians 3, 5 says that this foundation was not made known to the sons of men as it is now revealed by his 
holy, to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Paul received a direct revelation from the glorified Lord. And uh, <clears throat> this foundation was concealed, not found in the Old Testament, not found in the Gospel accounts, not found even in the book of Acts as such. Certainly we believe that the body began in the book of Acts, but the foundation is found alone in Paul's writings. Kept secret since the world began. That's certainly different from spoken since the world began. I, I never read Romans 16.25 and read that phrase kept secret since the world began, but I think of Acts 3.21, which says spoken since the world began. Uh, certainly there is a difference, isn't there? Ephesians 3.9, hid in God. Not in the scriptures, but hid in God. And no one could find it. Had it been in the scriptures, they would have found it, wouldn't they? But it wasn't to be found. And so, Paul says, it was hid from ages and generations. Colossians 1, 26. Hid from ages and generations. And so no one knew about this foundation, this secret foundation that God was laying through the Apostle Paul for this age, for you and me. In Ephesians 3, 1 to 5, of course, Ephesians 3 really is a key chapter when it comes to talking about Paul's foundation. And... Uh, I would once again like to refresh your memory. Verse 1 of Ephesians 3. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read it, you may understand the knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, verse 5, was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Oh, brother, you saved my life. Thank you so much. No need for the revelation to be made earlier. It was revealed in God's timing. Perfect and by direct revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
Christ as head of the body is only referred to by the Apostle Paul. Nothing in the scriptures anywhere else that indicate that this foundation was ever made known earlier. So, the first word, concealed. The second word, unique. Now, we use the word distinctive a lot in the grace movement. I know I use it personally when I refer to Paul's message, the distinctive Pauline revelation. But you know, I almost think that unique is a little better word. Unique. Having no like or equal. That's what the word means. Having no like or equal. I say that that seems to me to be a little stronger than distinctive even. I suggest that you think about that. The spiritual incorporation of Jew and Gentile into the one body. Ephesians 2, 14 to 18. For he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition. You'll notice that between us is in italics. It is generally taught that Paul was saying that the, the partition was between Jew and Gentile in this verse. Now it's true that there was a partition between Jew and Gentile. I think here, however, he is referring to a greater partition, the partition between all men, Jew and Gentile, and God. Let me read the context. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace and that he might reconcile both, see, Jew and Gentile, unto God in one body. He removed that middle wall of partition. What was that? That was the broken law. And all men have failed in the light of the perfect standard in the law. And so, I think that that is what the Apostle is saying in this passage. <coughs> How was this affected? By the reconciliation of Jew and Gentile. By the cross. There's a, a misunderstanding often between the two words union and uni unity. I have in my hand here a pen which has several different components, belt tip, plastic barrel, and a metal uh, outside. And they're all put together and this is union. But here I have unity. 
the card. That's unity. And it is the incorporation, I'm trying to use the right word, the incorporation of two or more so as to have an indistinguishable oneness. That's unity. This is union. Today we have a lot of union in religious circles. We're constantly being bombarded by well-meaning people who try to get us to join this or join that, and preachers especially get their mailbox full of, of uh, pleas and uh, admonitions to join this or join that, support this, support that, and so on. Lots of <clears throat> union, but little unity. But when God brought Jew and Gentile together into one body, that was unity, perfect unity, an indistinguishable unity like the card. Second Corinthians 5.19, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Great verse, one that I memorized, and uh, I quote it all the time. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. I often tell our folk at home that that's the good news. That's the good news of our message. The fact that the sin question has been settled. Now, sometimes even grace people deny that the sin question has been settled. I believe that it has been settled once and for all. And one day, If men go to hell because they die without Christ, it'll be because they rejected the remedy, turned their back upon God's only way of salvation, and they might, they're saying, I'll bear my own sins. This message is unique. The, first of all, the spiritual incorporation of Jew and Gentile. Secondly, the reconciliation through the cross. And then the baptism of the Spirit. We've been talking about prayer and our midweek service at home, and I um, said to our last Wednesday night how important for us to see 
the place that the Holy Spirit has in prayer. I said I went through Bible school and never was taught about the baptism of the Spirit. I thought that it was some kind of a uh, fanatical, <coughs> charismatic group that taught the baptism of the Spirit. <coughs> what a joy to learn one day that when we are saved, we are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And I thank the Lord for that great and important doctrine. It's unique, unique in that never before the Apostle Paul made that announcement was this great doctrine taught and revealed. In Colossians 1.25, we have the divine consummation of revelation. That's also a part of this unique foundation which was given the Apostle Paul to make known. Colossians 1.25 tells us that Paul was the one to whom it was given to complete the Word of God. So many think that John completed the Word of God. Certainly in the chronology of our Bibles, Revelation, John's writings is last, but we know that John spoke about the foundation that had been revealed in the Old Testament regarding the kingdom and uh, the gospel of the kingdom. Now it is given to Paul to bring the last word on the foundation which the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, revealed to the great apostle. 1 Corinthians 13.10 We said, we read that what was a partial revelation has now given over to the complete revelation. Some people think that that's talking about heaven. I think not. Certainly referring to <clears throat> the foundation and the final word on the secret foundation given to Paul. And it has been revealed now. No one can say, well, I don't know about that. It has been revealed. The last word that I jotted down on my note here is immovable. Now, the word immovable means not being capable of being moved, of course. 
2 Timothy 2.19, one of our brethren is going to speak on this later, so I'm not going to steal his word or his message. But you may just refer to it. The foundation of God standeth sure or firm. And I think that it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself that is the bedrock upon which Paul's foundation, Peter's foundation, were both built. This foundation is immovable, and may I say that Paul's foundation is immovable as well. I think you can interpret it either way. Luke 6, 47 to 49, let's turn there. Luke 6, 47, please. <clears throat> Whosoever cometh to me and, excuse me, that's 6, 7. No, 6. I'm sorry. 647. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built the house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, The stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the stream did best did beat, excuse me, vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the rain of that house was great. I remember singing that when we were just little kids. You remember it too, don't you? A wise man built his house upon the rock, and a foolish man built his upon the sand. Now the Lord was certainly referring to the kingdom foundation there, certainly. But you see, the application is true of the body house also. Our foundation is likewise secure. It's built on the rock. 1 Timothy 3, 15 and 16, and I'm cutting this a little short so I won't have to make it so difficult for you to listen to my voice. First Timothy three, fifteen and sixteen. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now some people think that because of the way this is worded that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. I think not. 
our Roman Catholic friends, they of course say that the church is the final word. And they believe that it's talking about the church in this verse. I think that the foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. The secret of the foundation, as he suggests in verse 16, the secret of the gospel, objectively, it is Christ himself, the glorified head of the body. He is the pillar and ground of the truth. Subjectively, it is the believer's identification with Christ. The secret of godly living. I think we've all learned that <clears throat> the doctrine of identification, which is so neglected today among fundamentalists, you never hear it. The reason, of course, being that when you read <clears throat> water baptism into Romans 6, you nullify the great truth of identification. And so, we believe, I'm sure most of you would agree with us, that subjectively, your identification, my identification with Christ, in the body of Christ, identified with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension. And this is the secret of the gospel and the foundation upon which we are established in this age. Let's close looking at Romans 16.25 one more time. And thanks for being patient with me. Romans 16, 25. Now to him that is of power or is able to establish you according to my gospel. Even the revelation of the mystery now the word and can be translated even, as some of you know. It's not talking about two things here, but one. My gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery is one and the same thing. And this is what will establish us and ground us and give us a solid foundation in these days when there is so much uncertainty, so much that is simply relative instead of uh, certain and sure. How wonderful to be grounded in the truth 
and be built upon the foundation of Paul's gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Certainly, that is the sure, unique, concealed, and unmovable foundation. And this is what establishes us. We're going to hear a lot more about being established and a lot more about the foundation. And I'm sorry that I wasn't able to do justice at all to the text, but the Lord knows. I trust that we'll study the scriptures at least. And uh, if you're not certain about whether you are established, you're not sure about your salvation. So, you know, you, you wouldn't think that unsaved people would attend a Bible conference, but sometimes they do. And if you're unsaved and you'd like to really know for sure that you are right with the Lord, you can be right tonight. And I want to be the first one to give that brief invitation as we bring our first service to a close. Thanks for listening so well. We're going to remain up here after the service, and uh, it may be that you might like to come up. Perhaps you have questions or some problem that we could be of some help. And I, I don't think that I could help you, but I know one who can. And we'll read about him in here. Shall we pray? Our Father, once again, we thank Thee that we've been privileged to spend these minutes together in the Scriptures. And we're aware that Paul's foundation has almost been lost, certainly hidden from the great multitude of professing believers. We pray that all of us may understand the difference between Paul's foundation built upon the finished work of Christ and Peter's foundation built upon Christ as King and the Messiah of Israel. We commit the results of thee and thank thee. In the Savior's name, amen.